Hello, my name is Mikey Barge, and this is the podcast from the Greater London Youth Foundation. And this is the Greater London Youth Foundation presents The Mikey Barge Show. Each week, we will talk to young people who are doing great things in their community or how they overcome failure or problems and so on. What have they learned from life's lessons that they can pass along to everybody? We will also talk to some adults who are doing great things for young people in their community sometimes too. Our sponsors are the John Lyons Charity, the Big Lottery Community Fund and Harrow Council. We would also like to thank the Young Harrow Foundation and Voluntary Action Harrow Cooperative. It's not all serious stuff, I promise you, but we take everything seriously sometimes. If you want to get involved, our details will be in the notes. On today's show, we are talking with Dr. Vasu Siva, who is a GP from London that has a very important message to share about domestic violence. Did you know each year nearly 2 million people in the UK suffer some form of domestic abuse? One in four women and one in six men will suffer some domestic abuse at some time in their lives. In this interview, we will explore how and why Dr. Vasu Siva became a GP and her amazing journey in medicine. We will also learn about Vasu's new project, Rapid, which aims to revolutionize the way we approach domestic violence in this country. Have you ever wondered how to become a doctor? Have you ever wondered how to become a doctor? Or even just thought about what it's like to be one in 2021 during a pandemic? Then stick around because this is your show. Uh, yeah, I want to ask you, why did you become a, why did you go into medicine? Okay, so the reason I went into medicine initially um, is because of my dad, really, because he's a doctor, or he was a doctor, and um, he really impressed me the way he was speaking to people, the way he was helping. So I really enjoyed the way um, he was, um, his profession, really, looking at him. So after that, when I went into, um, you know, my secondary school, then I always thought I w- wanted to be a GP or a, or a doctor, in fact. And then I decided that I need to find more about it. So I decided to do work experience um, and I went to, um, you know, work in hospitals and as a healthcare assistant, um, I trying to understand about a um, whether, it's, whether it's a doctor I want to do or whether it's a nurse I want to do, want to become. So, yeah, so when I... Um, work with people, communicating with people, then I thought, yeah, this is something I really like, you know, um, uh, that's how it's all started. And what are some of the best parts of being a doctor? The best part of uh, doctor is every person who comes through the door as a GP is different. So there's no, you can't predict what the people are going to say. So that's always, always a challenge for me. You can never prepare um, how to help people. So every person who comes through the door is completely different. And um, that's like a real challenge for me. And the fact that you are in a position to help people. Um, and uh, I mean, not, not necessarily every single day you are able to help. Majority you can. But a lot of the cases that you um, you are able to um, talk to people, understand. And you're actually learning from them as well. So, you know, I mean, the project I'm doing, which I'll talk to you about later, all that came about by me listening to people and learning from them, uh, from our patients. So, so I'm actually learning. So I'm becoming a better person um, by, you know, treating people, understanding what they want. And um, yeah, so that's really a challenge for me. And um, I'm enjoying my job. 
I'm glad to hear. And you're very passionate about it. And COVID-19 is obviously a big challenge for many people at the moment. So the restrictions are going to be uh, the, the easing up the restrictions soon. What's your view on that? Yeah, so, I mean, COVID is an infectious disease. And, you know, only a few months ago, we were in a situation where we didn't know what we were going to do. We were worried. We, you know, we don't know. So it's an infection. So we still have to follow the rules of an infection prevention control rules, like, you know, safe social distancing, uh, wearing masks if you can wear it, because we are not just protecting ourselves. We are protecting the people around us as well. So remember this, the COVID is evolving and lots of variants and we really don't understand. We've got lots of understanding since it started. So we're in a better place now. There's still, we're learning. So I think until we are absolutely sure that we do really need to follow the rules of infection uh, prevention. So I would seriously think that, you know, wearing masks and social distancing, washing your hands and all of that is very important. And some young people would like to know, uh, they're worried, they want to know, are they more likely to catch COVID as they see, they hear on the news? Is that true? It's really difficult to know because at the moment from the evidence, you know, we hear lots of different ways that young children are experiencing uh, um, um, COVID symptoms. You know, it's, it's, it's different to adults. And remember, they are young people are more resilient, more, you know, healthier than older generations. So we do need to think about how... Um, whether it's going to affect we still early stages we still don't know much about it at the moment you know we know that they are uh, they are protected in a way but we don't really know who knows in in the next year we may have another evidence suggesting something different so it's very important to take the precautions and i think it's important that uh, young people are told about the um you know the the diseases and the way they reacted um, in the COVID season is amazing. You know, the lateral flow test the children are doing, you know, uh, as per advice, and it's amazing. They, I mean, I hear a lot of mothers and fathers forgetting to do the lateral, lateral flow test and the child re reminding them. So it tells us a lot that they're taking it in and they're actually following the rules. And you mentioned that you are working on a study at the moment and you were going to tell us a little bit more about that. So please yeah. continue. Yeah. So um, the study I'm doing at the moment is um, raising um, awareness of domestic abuse in, in the community, in the patient, general patient population. This came about because, um, I mean, as, as a practice in, in, my general, in, a, in my practice, we've always been focused on people uh, with domestic abuse. I mean, I've done work for the last 10 years. But the reason I um, uh, decided to go on the, with this study in collaboration with uh, Imperial College is because the, our ways of working are completely changed. You know, in the past we see people, you know, face to face, but now with the remote uh, digital consultation, with the video, with the email communication and telephone, the way we approach patients is completely different. So I needed to find a way where we can um, reach out to patients who are out there, victims and perpetrators, and give them support. So that's where this raising awareness have um, uh, come about. So it's essentially the rapid, it's called a rapid study, which is raising awareness, prevention, intervention study of domestic abuse. Essentially, we want to find out the prevalence of domestic abuse in the community. What it finds out, it finds out the knowledge, uh, a person's attitude, perception of domestic abuse in the population. So the way, um, the reason 
for this is if we can understand the people's knowledge and what they understand about domestic abuse and their opinions and the views and of the of the general population we can actually help i think rather than um you know professional telling okay this is how you know this is how we want to do it or you know uh, waiting for people to come to us to give them help so if the so the main aim is by raising awareness people are aware like with anything like you know the covid raising awareness people are aware so they may are, they are more able to get help or get support so this will not only just um uh, reach out to those people who are victims but also the perpetrators as well and there are there are lots of studies to say the victims don't approach um uh, healthcare professionals or get any help uh, or services um who can help is because there's a stigma there or there is their fear or many don't even realize that there is support available um and they may not even know that they are going through um abuse uh, even the perpetrators don't know that they're they're abusing someone else because they're not aware of it so by raising awareness i think is the step forward so, so this study i'm doing is a 10 uh, minute uh, completely anonymous study um and it's an e survey um it's a tick box really majority is a tick box um so the questions are it talks to you about different forms of abuse so it tells you what the different forms of abuse are it tells you what the signs of abuse are it tells you um what signs to look for in a child in a child or in a children um and then it tells you did you know about this so you so by looking at the data of those patients who aren't or the people who answer we can find out where to target if people know different forms of abuse say for example physical um you know uh, sexual abuse or whatever abuse that they they know and then they don't know anything about digital abuse then we can target that so 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 the idea is to understand what people out there who know about it what are their understanding about and the attitude and the opinions like one of the questions asking about do you think the children should be taught in secondary schools or in schools if if we find out the majority of the people think that that's something that we need to address and something we can tackle so it's all about how we can make people aware of the study so that we can help so so using the answers we can actually help the population so more people who answer the um the e survey if you like 10 minutes rapid study uh you know we can help people to support and in addition to that the other thing um in the study is not just aware uh, making people aware it also gives you uh support services available for children for men for uh, lgbt for female all sorts of supports available it gives you um list of um um helpline if you like um it'll tell you so there are people who out there who do not want to talk to anyone you know it's absolutely fine if they if people don't want to talk about it because some people think it's a private matter is they don't want to openly talk about it absolutely fine but at least if they know where to get support they can be helped so that's the whole idea of the study really so yeah i hope people will do the study so and we'll see what we're going to get absolutely and the more people that do it is the more change that you can uh, affect so absolutely it's, it's great and we're going to drop the link below so they can go on this rapid study 10 minutes thank you easy survey really simple stuff so just before you go any facts about uh, domestic abuse that we don't know does it happen to more 
to men or women? I mean, what sort of what sort of types of people are affected by this? Good questions. Um, good question. Before lockdown, um, lots of work has been done on females, and because you know traditionally or historically, it was the females who you know, we were known to, in fact, there is not much uh, report or evidence for men. It could be the men had equal number of uh, men were affected, but they weren't coming forward because of lots of different reasons, you know, cultural reasons or um, a- any reason, really, we don't really know. So since lockdown, what we found is lots of uh, men are coming forward, lots of people are coming forward, LGBT groups, BAME group, lots of people, disabled, all these sorts of people are coming forward. The reason behind is people were locked during lockdown and facing lots of um, abuses. And uh, and also there weren't the usual channels of help have been taken away, whether it's a family friend or a member, you know, anyone or GPs or any healthcare professional, they can't go out there to get help or even have a break. They, they can't do it because of lockdown measures. So, so now we are getting more people coming forward. So, so hopefully my study will tell me even more about who is affected, how many people out there is affected. So this will enlighten us even more whether, you know, which group of people we need to um, focus on as well. And that's why this study is so important. And just on the flip side, why do people commit domestic abuse? So why this is they- it. So um, we don't, again, it's very, very, um, it's, you know, we need more evidence really. So a lot of people... Um, don't come forward until it's too late because they just can't take it. Either it's a, it could be a physically they affected or mental scar or they just can't take it anymore or or other ways that, you know, social services get involved or uh, safeguarding, um, uh, adult safeguarding or children safeguarding get involved and they're taken away. Police comes and take them away. So what we really need is um, to get to the problem before they get to that stage so this is why, you know, a, a person might not come to a GP for a very long time. You know, the evidence suggests that in the last, you know, they suffer from um, a victim can suffer for, uh, from abuse for three years before they actually get wanting to get support. And they actually come to a GP practice 4.3 times. So that tells you the emo- emotional abuse that they're going through, how, what they're thinking. And it must be really awful for the people to go through this abuse wanting to help and a lot of people come to the GP or a health professional thinking that they may ask the question and majority of the people don't ask the question because they don't know how to ask or they may not pick up the signs so by hopefully my study will tell people you know the signs available the support services available so if they don't want to come to the GP we can actually help them before they come to the GP so um yeah, so it's a lot of lot of unknown and a lot of um, hopefully the study will tell us about why people are uh, affected more or whether the lockdown has changed people's views, uh, their opinions. Uh, is there a different demographic out there who we need to focus on? Um, why perpetrators are affecting? Is it any help that we need to give it to perpetrators? So lots of things that we need to know. So. Yeah, we know it's a global problem, public health problem, um, you know, violation of human rights. But I think we need to know more about how we can help so that people can come forward. Brilliant. And, you know, you're going to see the signs, you're going to get the support. And this is 
the audience's chance to really affect the change, which is so important. And we're going to get all the answers that we need. So many people who are listening to this right now, you need to fill out that petition, not the petition, sorry, you need to fill out the e-survey. It's 10 minutes, it's rapid. And again, it's going to make so much change. The link is below. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Mikey, for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening. Well, that's the end of the episode. Find me on YouTube and Instagram. And if you want to be on the show, then please get in touch. Our details are in the notes. Please make sure you check out Rapid and all the amazing work Vasu's doing. The link to that information is below. Well, thank you very much. See you on the next episode. Goodbye.